Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the novel, Crime and Punishment. Fyodor Dostoevsky, the work's author, was a realist writer. Alongside Leo Tolstoy and Ivan Turgenev, he was one of the three towering figures of 19th-century Russian literature. Crime and Punishment is one of his most celebrated works and is widely acknowledged as a masterpiece. The novel explores social psychology as well as telling the story of crime and detection. It takes place in St. Petersburg around the middle of the 19th century. The narrative concerns Raskolnikov, a university law student. After committing a murder, he is racked by inner torment. Finally, he experiences a spiritual rebirth, but not until he has been inspired to turn himself in, by Sonia, a kindly Christian soul. In the book, Dostoevsky masterfully details the psychological changes that occur after the murderer commits their crime. In 1864, Fyodor Dostoevsky, with his brother Mikhail founded the literary magazine Epoka. The magazine published Fyodor's and other authors' works. After the death in the same year of both Fyodor's first wife, Maria, and Mikhail, Dostoevsky fell into financial difficulty, running up huge debts with his creditors. It forced him to stop publishing the magazine and commit to an unfair contract with another publisher for his work. However, this unfavorable agreement led to the completion of this novel, Crime and Punishment. Many of Dostoevsky's writings are introspective and discreet. His dissection of the human psyche is simultaneously comprehensive and profound, barbed and unforgiving, expansive and detailed. The Austrian writer Franz Kafka once said, A book must be the axe for the frozen sea within us. Dostoevsky's works can be considered as such axes. If Tolstoy has shown us the breadth of Russian literature, then it can be said that Dostoevsky represents its depth. Through his writings, Dostoevsky, having himself experienced life's hardships, attempts to expose society's darkness and criminality. He describes the living conditions and sufferings of the underprivileged and expresses his heartfelt sympathy for their plight. He articulates the need for social change. As the Russian poet Maraskovsky once said, Dostoevsky is sometimes closer to us than our loved ones. In sickness, he is a fellow patient. In both good and evil deeds, he is an accomplice. Nothing brings people closer than common weakness. The topics, crime and punishment, are recurring motifs in literature. They represent humanity's fall from grace and the subsequent path to redemption. This novel raises many precise questions, such as what is crime, why do people commit crimes, and after committing a crime, is it possible to be redeemed? In the draft of his book, Dostoevsky states that his goal in writing is to expose these dilemmas. Did he succeed, and was he able to address all these problems? Let's find out together in this bookie. We will introduce this story of crime and redemption in three parts. In part one, we will introduce the plot of the story and experience the character's journey of crime and redemption together. In part 2, we will briefly analyze psychological descriptions as a writing technique and discuss how they are used in the book to shape the character of Raskolnikov. Finally, in part 3, we will explore the religious ideology and humanitarian spirit of the novel. Part 1: The Journey of Crime and Redemption. Raskolnikov is a university student studying law in St. Petersburg. Due to his utter poverty, he is forced to quit his studies. He rents a tiny cramped room in a dark attic on the top of a five-story building. 
He spends most of his day alone, obsessively brooding in this wretched space. By nature, he is arrogant, introverted, unwilling to support himself with demeaning low-paying employment. Instead, he survives on a small stipend sent to him by his mother and sister. Faced with mounting debts, he pawns his late father's heirlooms with an old woman named Aliona. Selfish and greedy, Aliona gives him a far lower price than other pawnbrokers, and seals the deal by imposing an exorbitant interest rate. Under these circumstances, Raskolnikov struggles to make ends meet. Then, a terrifying thought takes root in his mind. The old woman brings nothing but harm to society, he would better kill her, and use her hoard of cash to fund his own studies. Raskolnikov believes that people are divided into the ordinary and the extraordinary. To him, ordinary people are inferior material that serves only to reproduce its kind. Extraordinary individuals have a right to commit any crime and to transgress the law in any way, just because they are extraordinary. Raskolnikov believes that many great historical figures and leaders such as Lycurgus, Solon, Muhammad, and Napoleon were all criminals without exception. In order to make new laws and drive society forward, even if it meant sacrificing a few ordinary people in the process, they transgressed the laws handed down from their ancestors, long held sacred. However, he considers thoughts to be just thoughts. The idea of killing the old woman exists only in his mind. He doesn't believe that he will really act on it. One day he receives a letter from his mother, Pulcheria. In the letter, she tells him that she has put up her retirement funds as collateral to borrow a sum of money, which she is sending him for his ongoing expense. She also tells him that his sister Dunya has been working as a governess for the children of a landowner, Svitergalov. But Svitergalov repeatedly harassed Dunya, and, eventually, she had to leave his employment with her honor severely damaged. Fortunately, later he recants the errors of his ways and admits harassment. The crisis is resolved, and Dunya plans to marry a wealthy lawyer named Luzin. From his mother's account, Raskolnikov can discern that Luzin does not truly love his sister. Based on what he knows of Dunya's character, she must be aware of this as well. Nonetheless, she still chooses to marry Luzin, forfeiting her happiness, to help fund Raskolnikov's studies. Raskolnikov is deeply affected by his mother and sister's sacrifices on his behalf. Once again, the plan to murder Aliona grows in his mind. He recalls a young man's conversation he had overheard in a tavern. According to this young man, Aliona is so cruel that she abuses her younger sister. The latter treats Aliona with nothing but kindness and respect. In the young man's view, killing someone like her, and using her fortune to do good deeds could benefit many and lift them out of poverty. The young man's thoughts mirror Raskolnikov's own, reigniting his desire to execute the murder plan. However, he still hesitates. Then, he happens to find out that Aliona's sister will go out the following evening at seven o'clock. At that time, the old woman will be at home, alone. The rare opportunity makes Raskolnikov quiver with excitement. Now, his murder plan develops at an unstoppable pace. Despite inadequate preparation, the next day, at 6 p.m., he takes the plunge. In a fit of passion, he takes his landlady's axe, hangs it in a noose under his coat, wraps up a wood and iron block as decoy items to pawn, and heads for Aliona's apartment. At Aliona's place, he announces that he wants to pawn a cigarette case. He hands her the fake package. As she turns around and carefully tries to untie the string, he strikes her in the back of the head with the axe, killing her immediately. He then goes into her bedroom to gather her valuables. When he is done he realizes that he forgot to lock the door.
Ileana's sister, Lizavita, has returned and is standing over the old woman's body. In shock and horror, she is unable to move. Raskolnikov didn't expect her to be back so soon. He feels he has no choice but to axe her too. He dispatches her and discreetly hurries home to his own apartment. After the crime, he scrambles around his room to hide the evidence and falls into delirium with a fever. The next day, he is summoned to the police station. He is terrified, believing that his crime has already been exposed. At the police station, however, he discovers that it's only his landlady demanding him to pay the rent. Raskolnikov instantly relaxes and even begins to feel a bit euphoric. Just as he is about to leave, he overhears some officers talking about Aliona and Lizavita's murder. He becomes so nervous that he passes out on the spot. His unusual behavior arouses the suspicion of the head investigator of the murder case, Porfiry Petrovich. When Raskolnikov comes to, he immediately leaves. Fearful that the police might come and search his place soon, he decides to dispose of all the evidence. Eventually he hides all of Eliona's valuables under a rock in a courtyard, far away from his apartment. In the following days, Raskolnikov suffers terrible inner torment. He wanders the streets, considering whether he should go to the police and turn himself in. That is when he encounters Marmoladov, an alcoholic whom he previously met in the tavern. Marmoladov has been trampled by a horse-drawn carriage. When he soon succumbs to his injuries Raskolnikov gives the only 25 rubles he has left to the dead man's widow, Katerina, who suffers from tuberculosis. He meets their eldest daughter Sonia. In the face of her parents' bad health, to support her three younger siblings, Sonia works as a prostitute. Her sacrifice for her family touches Raskolnikov deeply. Around the same time, Raskolnikov's mother and sister have arrived in St. Petersburg to stay with Dunya's future husband, Luzin. After a long time apart, they are both excited to see Raskolnikov again. However, due to his own inner struggles, he behaves coldly towards them. Nonetheless, he is still deeply concerned about Dunya's marriage. He decides to attempt to talk Luzin out of the match. In a letter to Pulcheria, Luzin informs her that Raskolnikov gave 25 rubles to a drunkard's daughter, a young woman of notorious behavior. This makes Pulcheria and Dunya very worried. After learning of the contents of the letter from his mother, Raskolnikov is enraged that Luzin has disparaged Sonia's character. He arrives at his mother and sister's residence to confront the lawyer. During the meeting, Raskolnikov expresses his opposition to Luzin and Dunya's marriage. He attempts to expose the lawyer's true nature and defend Sonia. He tells Luzin, to my thinking, you with all your virtues are not worth the little finger of that unfortunate girl. The two women finally realize that Luzin does not really love Dunya and decide to break their arrangements with him. After being rejected by Dunya, Luzin becomes resentful of Raskolnikov. He begins to look for a way to take revenge. Luzin knows that Raskolnikov has a close relationship with Sonia. He realizes that if he can prove to Pulcheria and Dunya that Sonia is indeed as terrible as he claimed in his letter, then they will take his side against Raskolnikov. He frames Sonia, accusing her of stealing 100 rubles from him. Although his setup is eventually exposed, the injustice of the wrongful accusation nonetheless destroys Sonia. Raskolnikov goes to visit Sonia at her home. If Lizin succeeds in his false accusation, she will go to prison. Her mother and three siblings will lose their only source of income. He asks her what she would do in that situation. 
If suddenly it all depended on your decision whether he or they should go on living, that is whether Luzin should go on living and doing wicked things or Katerina Ivanovna should die. How would you decide which of them was to die? She replies, but I can't know the divine providence. And why do you ask what can't be answered? What's the use of such foolish questions? How could it depend on my decision? Who has made me a judge to decide who ought to live and who ought not to live? Faced with the dilemma of other people's wrongdoings and her own suffering, Sonia would not opt to take another's life in order to preserve the lives of those she loves. Her reply comes as a total shock to Raskolnikov. Suddenly, he has feelings he has never experienced before and an overwhelming urge to confess his crime to Sonia. In peace, at last, he gazes at her and makes up his mind to speak the truth. He tells her that he is the one who killed Aliona and Lizaveta. Afterwards, they look at one another. Time seems to stop as the gruesome truth is finally revealed. Sonia stares directly at him, begging to see denial in his face, but his silent admission throws her into despair. It's true Raskolnikov murdered the old pawnbroker and her sister in cold blood. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.